Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, all on here. Just wanted to start the pod with a little bit of an apology. The program that we used to record crashed upon finishing the pod. So I have to use recording, a non-optimal recording, and I'm going to sound like shit throughout the entire pod. Um, Yeah, apologies. Still banging them out, though, on 4th of July. So let's just go ahead. All right. Quarterfinals in, World Cup's almost over, FPL's beckoning. What's up? I mean, I'm more excited about the FPL prices trickling out today than like looking at which fucking shitty England defender to put in my yeah, team. Yeah, it's like the real game <laughs> is getting so close and we're like, oh yeah, that's so much more exciting. Yeah, like this time fuck is just, uh, I'm starting to already care so little about it. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I'm inexperienced with fantasy international tournaments. I've only really done last Euros, but I feel like around quarterfinals is like the last time it's really fun. Like it's not that fun doing semifinals when there's four teams and everyone has all of the same people for the most part. You know what I mean? Yeah. And finals yeah, and I, just isn't fun at all from fantasy perspective because it's just like yeah. I have seven Brazilians and eight England. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean it really makes it like a shorter game because if you look at the semis and the finals, you can't really make up much ground unless if you do something completely off the wall like captain a defender and they score a goal or something like – because there's so many shared players on all the top teams, like quarterfinals, I mean, I'm seeing it a little bit with like midfields look very similar right now, and yeah. you know Neymar and Kane are in every team and that kind of thing. So it's already getting to that point in yeah, the quarters this is of like the just at the cutoff. I feel like like quarterfinals yeah. is the last like really good fantasy round, and then it's kind of just it kind of just falls off. Yeah. So where do you want to start? Well, let me just shout out the league leader because he's a good friend of the Slack. Luda is completely flying. Captain Mbappe, that's all you need to know. He's just top of the FMLPL league. Good job by him. 282 points. Where does that put him? He's fucking seventh in the world right now. Luda, right? Luda. Yeah, this is pretty high. I think seventh is close to one, I believe. Yeah, that's quite Get that man he honestly looks like a one even, you know? Yeah, because the font's all fucking weird. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what kind of, it's like Rome, like gothic font or some weird ass shit. That's some terrible decision. That's Ooh. what it is. Um, I don't know. We could talk about, I mean, we don't have to harp on our team, but we finished on 58 points in the round of 16. We're at 10K overall. Not not great, but uh, I don't know. It was fine, I guess. <laughs> we. We only got a single return on cap because Neymar's assist didn't count as, as an assist. And uh, we haven't hit a double cap all, all World Cup, right? Yeah, that's good. It's good you you think on like 15 tries you'd hit one double return, but that. No, not, 
not not these guys. That's not the pod you listen to if you expect to hear that. No. Um, I guess Inui was like the best thing. <laughs> like based on people's reaction towards us on like Twitter and Slack, like everyone was like, "I thought you were fucking insane for getting Inui, but oh my god, I'm freaking out!" You know, that was that was peak moment. But uh, we went down six k on the last day of round of sixteen just from cane caps and Mina Dong. So. That was kind of like we were 4K and feeling pretty good, and now it's just like uh, whatever. Yeah, I guess the amount of people that are British that play the game is we don't know what the number is, but it's probably high. So we got a little fucked with that. The amount of pens that England are getting is just all every single game. Yeah, yeah every game. So. They've gotten one. Have they actually gotten one every game, or all but one game? Um. Well, they didn't get one versus Belgium, but that was the second team. Yeah, I think they got one in every, every game. other game. Yeah, definitely. That's, yeah, right. that's pretty outstanding. What the fuck? <laughs> oh England my god! In. England World Cup winners, Penn merchants. Luckily, Kane is, is no relegation. Carlos Sanchez in. Yeah, he's just every game. He's trying to lose the World Cup for Colombia so badly that he actually act, act, actualized those dreams. Yeah, he had some sort of tournament. Yeah. Luckily, they don't have Cueva taking pens for them, so England are just flying. Yeah, Jesus. Um, all right, so let's just go ahead, I guess. Okay. Um, we can either start with the best captains. We can start with, is football coming home? We can start with Wildcard. <laughs> we can start with Max Cap, or we can just run through the matches. What are you feeling? Um, I think... I would like to run through matches. Before that, I think the wild card definitely should just throw it out this week. There's no point in saving it. Even it if matter. you only have like two or three guys eliminated, you would still just wild card. You think? Yeah, definitely, because you still want to realign like your players. You know, they're Brazil, ben- Belgium's a really tough game to call. Um, if you have any players on like Sweden, feels bad. Uruguay look. Like they're gonna have a really tough game with no Cavani. Those assets look kind of bad. I mean, I just can't see a team that you wouldn't want to rebalance and reshift. You know? Yeah, I think for the most part that's probably true. And then especially, I mean, got, especially just with like how captains line up too. Like, what are the what are the chances that you have like your ideal captain on each day just from from last round? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just it's time to wild card. And then also, I mean, with the wild card, and we'll talk about it as we get into it since we'll wild card, but I think there's really just nothing left to lose. You gotta just pick a couple horses and go really heavy. Because if you're hedging and you have like Grandquist and two England defenders and like Modric and a Russian the Russian like def- like, you know, if you have like a Uruguay defender, a France attacker, Brazil defender, it's just like what are you doing? You know? You're gonna just get forty five points or something and then you're gonna have to make half of your te- your switches out. It just doesn't feel like that's a real way to do well. Right. Barrack so, on Slack asks, with regard to wildcard, is it too risky to load up on three or four assets from a single teams in such an unpredictable World Cup? People who loaded up on Spain, for example, this week are ruined if they can't wildcard. But I think I totally agree with you. I mean, it, it's how you choose to play the game, I guess. You and I are trying to get like the highest possible rank and fly the most, so we're playing kind of the riskiest. And it's more fun, honestly, that way, which means like obviously heavily loading up on teams that you think are the best and are going to go through because... Yeah, I mean, every every casual who plays the game is just diversifying one guy from every team or whatever. So, 
Yeah, you're just yeah. There's no room to to rise in rank there, really. Yeah. So I mean, I think. Well, so then with that, I mean, let's just start talking about the game. So we have Uruguay France. Uh, we'll get the line. That's the only game we'll get the lineups for before the deadline. Uh, mentioned already. I mean, Cavani looks almost certain to not feature. Hasn't um, been training. Yeah, he hasn't trained. There's there's a press conference tomorrow, I think, for Uruguay, and we'll see if they we get any info. But I mean, Uruguay have not. They looked really good last game, obviously, but Portugal are terrible. But without Cavani, it's really hard to imagine them really creating or threatening France much in open play. I don't know. I think it might just be one-way traffic and just France kind of dominating this one. That's kind of how I'm thinking. What do you think? What do you see? I mean, even with Cavani, I kind of feel like that was going to be the game script anyway because the Uruguay are like... I mean, we saw what France how France plays matches where the other team parks in the group stage and all through the Euros, frankly. Like, they don't know what the fuck to do with the ball when the other team parks the bus. And they defend really well. That's France defends really well with their defensive midfield and fullbacks who are center backs. Like, and they just stay back and defend. So it always ends up being, like, this shitty-ass, like, sort of nil-nil, maybe one-nil game. Like, I could easily see this going to penalties for me because France are insanely good at attacking when they can counter, like Argentina with no tactics and no manager managed to pull off. But against a bust, like Uruguay, a really organized bust with, like, good defenders, I just feel like this is just, I don't know, a borderline stay away. Like, maybe you got a French defender or something like that, or, like, Maybe Griezmann, but I'm sure a lot of people are going to get Mbappe, and I, I don't see any space in this game for someone like Mbappe. Yeah, I, I've seen Mbappe a lot, but like going to the Brazil Belgium game on the same day, I mean, that's where I'd probably be looking to cap. I mean, Brazil, you got to go, I think Neymar's the standout for the day just because Belgium's defense out of those four teams is 1 billion percent the worst. Yeah, I mean, but, out of all eight teams, I think Belgium is the worst defense. Yep, probably. I mean, if we Russia and Croatia both like they, if they park, it'll be they're pretty tight. Yeah, I agree. Right. At, at but, least they park is my point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Sweden has worse players than Belgium, obviously, but like they're Burnley and they park and they are yeah. organized. No, 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 no. I, yeah. yeah, like Belgium, like we saw what a team like Japan can do to them, and there's so much space behind the wingbacks, and you know they have De Bruyne as one of their holding midfielders. <laughs> like he doesn't do that. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. I think it's going to be a tight game. Certainly hard to see many goals. Um, France. I mean, they did play really well last game. They kind of woke up. But as you mentioned, Uruguay is really tight. Good spine. Good center backs. Yeah, just like you look at what Argentina were doing, and I just Uruguay just doesn't make any of those mistakes. They're not going to do that. They just don't do that. Like you look at the Portugal game. Even when it was one-one, it was only Suarez. Far forward, Cavani, like just underneath him, and the entire team defending, and that's just how they yeah. do it. And they'll, yeah, they'll score like two insanely beautiful goals that I've watched like five to ten times on replay, both because they're so sick. But like, that's that's how they play, and they they are really good at it. So I I don't know. I think it's France is gonna have a really really tough time, and Uruguay is just gonna be defending with everything. So, like, the way I am looking at this is the winner of this game plays Brazil, probably, or Belgium. Brazil, Belgium, I I am having a difficult time seeing a clean sheet there. 
So I, I in my draft right now, I have three French defenders. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, it's just like I think that they have that good of a chance against Uruguay to keep clean, and then if they win, you know, you got a few players there. Even though it'll be another tough game, or it will be a tough game for a clean, regardless if they play Brazil or Belgium. But I mean, England will get to, but Russia and Croatia, I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like Russia, they could park again, they could come out again. I just don't feel confident with either, really. And then the then if they have to play England, it's like almost it guaranteed no clean sheet. So France just defense seems like a really good place to go to because you know they've been playing extremely defensive. So I mean I have no French attacker and I have three French defenders in my team. And right now as I'm tinkering in our team, um, yeah, I mean it just feels like it's Uruguay are gonna have to score off a set piece and they could, but that's kind of the only chance I feel yeah, like they set have. piece pan or just a Suarez worldy. Like those yeah, are really yeah. the only options to score. Yeah. It seems like. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough one for them. And I mean, the clean sheet book bookie odds are like France are like second clean sheet percentage behind Croatia, who's tops. Yeah, um, France are also second behind England and to advance odds. Yeah, I mean, and like, I think that's important. are basically playing for pence. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, they're playing for. Yeah, they're playing for a set-piece goal or pens, and they're going to be parked and compact. Into the that's the thing. Even with the set-piece goals, I mean, we saw this a bit with, I think, yeah, with Brazil versus Mexico. Like, Brazil, like, Tiago Silva wasn't even in the box for corners because Mexico, Mexico's only form of attack is countering. Yeah. Like, the, it's really risky for Uruguay to send Godin and Jimenez up, even though they're really, really good on set-pieces, and that might be how they score a goal because... We saw what France can do on the counter. And yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if like the center backs don't even go up for quarters in this game and they just try and keep it nil now. Yeah, I would be surprised at that. I think that they have to try. I think they have to. Because, I mean, no nil is 120 is a long time. I think they gotta they got to just take some yellow cards with whoever the back guys are. And It sucks that Cavani's hurt. Yeah, it does suck. Because it does feel like it's dep- going to deprive us of what could have been an actually even... Outstanding, really game. good game. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's hard yeah, to... I think I think you're reading that right. I mean, I think I agree with you. I think like, I mean, I'm jumping ahead, but like three French defenders and three England defenders is probably yeah. the way to go for defense. Yeah, I have I had three and four. That's the whole defense. Three and four. So like both goalies, and then or what was it? Yeah, three. So I have Hernandez, Pavard. I mean, we'll know who to play. Loris, and then I had Stones, Trip, Maguire, and Pickford. Stones, Trip, Maguire, and Pickford. I'd rather probably have Young than Stones. Isn't he classed as a midfielder, or am I just so used to that from FPL? I think he's not in this game. No, he's, oh, yeah, he's, he's not. not That's same. 100%. Yeah, because he's on. <laughs> that, that means we have both set piece guys on England. Yeah. And Maguire is just. The fucking head made of actual concrete. He's <laughs> just it's every. It's insane. Like every single free kick is him for post. It's just and it's just jumping and just a donkey. It's great. I love it. I absolutely love England and Southgate and everything they're doing. It's, it's fucking great. So again, I mean, we'll talk about England. Like with France, the rationale there is just. I really think that they're going to win the game, and I like Brazil's defense basically like about the same. I think they're both good, but. Because France have an easier clean sheet this game, even though in the semis it's going to be a genuine coin flip, probably no clean either way. You know, you get two bites, and yeah, 
you know, it's just the kind of same with England. I mean, England have Sweden, which is a ridiculous joke, and then they're going to play Russia or Croatia, which is going to be a similar joke. So, I mean, it just makes sense to load up there. I mean, if, if the they clean... now? Is it five per team is now? Yeah, it's five. That's why I say. I've got Kane up top. Yeah, Oops. Kane and four England defenders feels amazing. Yeah, because the, in the midfielder, there's not a... I mean, Lingard's fine, but it's, you know, what the, I'd rather have a defender. Right. I think clean sheet in those two games is a better chance than Lingard getting more than an assist. Man, these teams really like, yeah, I mean, I don't want to harp on it too much because it's what I said in like the opening, but we're like, I haven't even tinkered a wildcard team yet. And it feels like we're making the exact same team, you know, it's just like a lot of the players are picking themselves once you start to analyze it, I think. Yeah, but I think I still think. I mean, if we we only have defenders from two teams, I don't think I've seen a team like that yet. So I mean, we're at least going a little rogue. Yeah, we're we're not we're not totally template. It's just funny that like I wonder in the hardcore community, even if it's just our Slack or whatever, if people will be on board with this or if people are gonna fall into the like play safe and kind of just get you know just diversified mold. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But anyway, let's. Oh, do, should we talk? Well, we'll do that later. Okay, Brazil, Belgium. Um, fucking Belgium, dude. I can't believe Japan bottled that. So annoying. Yeah, I mean, they just didn't. They didn't play like pessimistic, negative football when they were 2 0 up, which is clearly the way to win. Um, I mean, I was looking at it earlier, like four out of the eight teams that are left have not conceded a goal in open play yet. Yeah, that's pretty outstanding. It's crazy. I mean, like, but Japan, I mean, it was fun to watch because they were really still fucking going for it. But like the whole time, it was just like, uh, this is a bad idea. (laughs) And credit to Roberto Martinez. I mean, it took him really long, but he changed the game with, bring on Fellaini to have an extra midfielder. And that's probably how they'll start versus Brazil with three midfielders, not two. And then they just kind of bossed it. I mean, they created a lot of chances. Yeah. Yeah. No. And to be fair, as nice as a story Japan was, I want to see Brazil, Belgium. I don't want to see Brazil, Japan. Yeah, like, I tweeted let's about get... it. It's like a win-win because I'm like, yeah. I love Japan and I love underdogs and that's so exciting if they win. But also if, if Belgium win, Brazil, Belgium is an absolute, Fuck this. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. So that'll be sweet. But in terms of how the game's going to play out, I really haven't a clue. I, this is the toughest one for me to read, I think. I I could see goals. I mean, I could see like 3 2, but I could also see just if Martinez actually changes things. We see how poor Brazil have looked in general, like with Willian, if he's still in, even though he did play well this last game. Credit to him. But they've been like seemingly like an attacker light. I mean, he's obviously refusing to play Bob, so he's refusing to play his best eleven. So I don't know. I could see like Brazil struggling a little bit, but then it's like Belgium's defense is so ridiculously bad. But it's bad when they play three five two. If Fellaini comes in and they have an extra midfielder, like you know, maybe they're a little better. I'm not yeah, sure. I think what do you- Mertens gets dropped for Fellaini, so it's essentially Has and Rom are the two strikers, quote unquote. Yeah, and then the midfield is. Kev and Fellaini kind of box to box and Vitzel holding. And so that feels a lot more secure. I don't know. I honestly think Brazil easy win. Easy win? Yeah, I think easy win. I mean, it's going to be a good game and obviously Belgium have like a ton of talent. I just think Roberto Martinez is still Roberto Martinez and a really bad manager. Chiche or however you say his name, I think has 
showing himself to be a good manager with like good tactics, good changes, like reads the game really well. And I just think still Brazil's like midfield and defense are really underrated. I think it has to do with them just being Brazil. And we're used to just like flashy, like super aggressive attacking football from Brazilians and not used to just like shut down defense that block everything and save everything. And I don't know. I just feel like, like I, I understand Roberto Martinez running the like three at the back with the wing backs. The Belgium doesn't have many fullbacks, et cetera, et cetera. I just think Brazil like will expose it. And I think they'll just, it'll just be like a two nil or something. If I have to like lay my balls on the table, I'd say like Brazil two nil. Hmm, that's interesting. I, I think Belgium are gonna are gonna create and do a little. They're gonna make an account of themselves. I don't think it's gonna be like a straightforward two 0 at all. I think it'll have moments where Belgium's dominating. I think it'll be a little bit more back and forth than that. I mean, no Casemiro is gonna be interesting. I mean, Dino we know is inconsistent to put it kindly, and you know he can. I feel like lose sight of what his like goal is sometimes. Like, or not his goal is like a role. He'll probably no, but he'll be okay. I mean, he's a, as good of a replacement you can expect. But I mean, Casemiro does a job. Like he basically does a job of two guys. So that's a significant loss for them. And I mean, if Fellaini plays over Mertens, I think that's a better team than they've played all tournament. It's more balanced. Way better. Way better. I mean, it's just a better team. So I, I don't know. I, I still feel agree. I think Brazil will take the game, but I, I think it'll be. It's definitely the game I'm looking forward to most in the semis, in the quarters. I'll put it that yeah, way. I mean, there's no competition for that. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I still am very, very much looking forward to it. Even if I think Brazil are gonna like be the much better team, I still think it's great. But like I said earlier, I I do strongly believe that like Belgium are the most susceptible defense that are left, and yeah. I think Brazil and Chiche and Brazil's talent will shine through and expose that. I, like, okay. I think mul- they'll score multiple goals. So, what do you think if, if assuming Fellaini comes in, is Kevin a cheeky little diff? Yeah, I didn't even think of that, but yeah, I mean, he'll have a lot more chances to roam forward. And I mean, we saw with Belgium's third goal was like that was Man City Kev, that wasn't Belgium Kev. Like he just yeah. ran, sliced, and diced through the entire fucking pitch and and. Broke that counter. Yeah, that that's a good shout. He'll probably end up being further forward. It'd be cool if I could find somewhere that was like had like heat maps for after they made their changes, not for the entire match. You know what I mean? I'll look yeah. at that after the pod. Yeah, yeah. Kevin, I mean, he's still nine nine, which is a fortune. But you know, you could stick in like Bettencourt's five. You know, you could you could still find a couple cheap mids to enable if if you know if you want. But yeah, it's a, at least someone who's not in a lot of teams if they do switch that role and he's playing a little more forward. I mean, it's the kind of thing, right? I mean, he's obviously world class and the game could finish and he could win man of the match and they won the game. Like that's definitely, there's that scenario. And if, yeah, so, so uh, yeah, and like he's never really had like a take control like in a Belgium shirt, like a really like foot down performance of like, I'm fucking Kevin. And I don't know. I love Kevin. You know I love him so much. Like he's one of my favorite. Players. Only Manchester little... United fans don't love Kevin. Oh god. Only Manchester United fans are gonna own Romelu Lukaku instead of Kunaguer on FPL this year. Only Manchester United fans and Mourinho don't love Kevin. So then I mean from a player standpoint, so I mean, would you feel comfortable going Brazil D? 
See, that's the thing where that all goes back to the diversifying. And I think a lot of people have one or two Brazil defenders, probably a lot of Fogners in there, even though I think he was by far the weakest link on the Brazilian back line. Like, Vela was doing him in. Um, but I'd rather go with, like, a quadruple England and a triple France just for the differential points there, I think. Yeah, and I mean, there's Brazil. no bones, and and like I said earlier, also sorry to just keep ranting, but like Tiago, who is insanely good on corners and had ridiculous stats going into the Mexico Mexico match, he didn't even go up for corners again against Mexico because of their counter. So if he's not going up for corners because he's scared of Mexico counters, there he's not going up for corners against Belgium, you know. So they're gonna play pretty defensively, like kind of how they did with Mexico and just let Mexico have the ball if they want. Casemiro, well, Dino will be sitting. The center backs will always be back. The fullbacks won't push on that much. They'll just block everything, etc., and then just let their, like, four attackers attack on their own, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't, I, I, what I'm saying is I don't see much, like, to gain by going with a Brazilian defender. Yeah, I hear you. I, I mean, I was waffling. It's just a tough one because then they play France. Like they don't have a good clean game really in those either of those two. So, uh, but that, I mean, that's the kind of thing. It's like a lot of us had two Brazil defenders before the before this round. So I mean, that's a benefit of having the wild card. You know, you can see what the paths are and then you can reassess. And then like Fellaini at six nine. I mean, yeah, that's interesting. It's. I just feel like they're gonna lose and then. But they might not. I, I, I'm, I'm warming up to it a little bit more just because if they win the game, then he's not going to be dropped probably, right? That's that's. I was thinking he would be like, oh, just one game, and then they would go back oh, to normal. No but way. Like, they play France. like it, They're going to have to play the same team because it will be the winning team. I mean, like I don't know that much about the history of like tactics, but like I can't imagine a world where you can beat really good teams if your only midfielders are Axel Witzel and Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> That just doesn't add up in my head. Because De Bruyne is obviously not, like, shackled in a holding role. Like, he's running around, he's linking up, he's linking midfield and forwards. But Witzel can't cover the entire fucking midfield. But they're bad defending wingbacks all the way upfield, you know? So, against France, who are definitely going to be in a 4-3-3, and there's no way that Fellaini would get dropped if they win, I don't think. Yeah, so I mean, six nine. He's always a shout to score off a set piece. Don't hate that, I guess. Yeah, I don't hate that. And then defense, yeah, defense strong. Stay away. Yeah, definitely. I don't and think it's interesting had- to see if Marcelo's back in because I think that might be, even though Marcelo's like probably the best left back in the world, that might be an area where Brazil, where Belgium could actually counter because yeah, they'll be so space far behind. forward, and Felipe does not. Felipe Luis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's possible. But that's going to be on the fucking, oh yeah, on Carrasco's side. Yeah, or, yeah, okay. Um, so take us over. Hazard countering on that side. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I still like Hazard over Lukaku. I mean, call me crazy, but I mean, like, the Pence is enough to put me over there. I mean, he has more points. I mean, it's 22 total points to 21. Like, it's a wash, basically, but I still would rather take the Pens there than Lukaku. I mean, it's it's tough to imagine much, much joy from open play, but... I mean, it's harsh. Hazard's, it's harsh on Rom, I feel like, to call him a flat-track bully. It's very, like, 
cliche and very easy and lacks really any analysis at all, but <laughs> he did score all four of his goals against Panama and Tunisia. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know. It's that's a fair. thing to think about. No, that's, it's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so next day, England, Sweden. I mean, England, baby. Yeah. I mean, get in. Get I mean, get the, the road to the cup. Well, you will have to pass through England this this year. Yeah, I think I think they're going to make it to the finals. I think they're I, way better than Sweden, Croatia, and Russia. I would be genuinely stunned if they don't make the finals. I, I feel like it would be a monumental collapse of some yeah. sort. I mean, okay. I think Sweden are underrated because they're just so Burnley. Like, they're just so daishi, and that just means, like, they're always kind of underrated and a shout in every game. And like, let's listen. Burnley finished ahead of a bunch of the England squad, you know. Um, but uh, England's just so much better than them and playing well. I think that it would be easy for England to overlook the Sweden side if they coasted to the one 0 victory last game. But uh, I think. What I said? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that they really were put on notice. Like, they almost lost the game. They went to Penns against a Columbia team that was, like, you know, Hamas-less, where they were favored. But I think, like, the young team, I think they're going to be up for the game. I don't think they're going to just be like, oh, this is a fucking bullshit bus, like, bunch of no-names who are playing in, like, the Swedish division. Like, I think that they're going to take the game seriously enough that they won't, like, have a lapse. Where Although it's, like, very England to fuck up, like, that also doesn't make any sense because every squad is a different group of players like they're not the England of four years like or eight years or two it's like it's the dumbest fucking shit it's like when people talk about team A's record against team B like if, over the last 40 years of them meeting it's like it doesn't mean a dick in my hand I don't even understand it but I think England just look really solid I mean they just look good they, they have a shitty team in Sweden Sweden by far the worst attack left I think and then they get to play either Croatia or Russia. I mean, those are two clean shouts. I mean, England, obviously, they're not going to start scoring four goals. That's not who they are. But, I mean, Kane plus defenders just feels like a very safe investment right now. Yeah, and I think it's worth noting that Colombia were terrified of England. Like, they played with three defensive midfielders. They did not replace Hamas's thought with another attacker like Muriel or... Um, what's that other guy's name? Uribe or Uribe. anyone like that. They brought in all defensive midfielders and just kicked the fuck out of England. <laughs> they just picked up every single person on Colombia. It seemed like had a yellow card and like very heavy challenges and was trying to just rile them up because I mean, and make no mistake that they're facing the exact same task coming up. That's what Sweden are gonna do to the to the team. Wasting fouling clinic. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they can stop them. Like, I think there is a chance of England just, like, 3 nailing this. Like, I don't see that. I don't see that at all. Yeah. I, I think yeah. it'll be very, very difficult to do, but I think mm-hmm. it's possible. And I think also Sweden are not that good in the air. I mean, it's weird because they're giant, slow fucks, so you'd assume they're really good in the air. But, I don't know, I looked up, like, their aerial battle percentages and stuff like that, and it's not nearly as good as England's, like... Yeah, Maguire okay. is going to be real on all the set pieces. I think. Okay, that's interesting. I obviously didn't do that kind of research. That's why you, you get paid the big bucks. <laughs> but and then I guess it's going back just from FPL standpoint. I mean, Kane obviously is just getting a pens for fun, and he he looks he looks good. But Lingard at seven six represents some value. 
the defense really looks where it's at. But like Grandquist is an interesting one. He's on pens, but it's kind of just like that hedging thing. I mean, I I personally think Sweden are no chance of winning this game. Of all of all the games, I feel most comfortable to call a game for England of any of the quarterfinal games. So like, do you want to? Hedge your your England cleans with like a Grandquist pen, and then he's going to be out, so you're going to have to use one of your transfer on him anyway. I mean, it seems stupid not to have a pen taking defender, but it's kind of just like fuck it mode of just putting all your eggs in one basket. Because yeah, he's also twenty percent owned at this point, or maybe higher. I think he was higher last round. It's just like yeah. you're not even really gaining points at that point. It's, yeah, it's, if every I mean, you, you active would, player but, has him, it's just like. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you still would, but it's just like, ugh, whatever. Yeah, yeah I mean, I really hope England like... don't fucking blow it, and like, it's a nil-nil for 120 minutes. I go to pens or something, but that's Sweden's dream scenario. Oh yeah, that's what they'll be playing for. Yeah, I mean, I love, I love having Pickford for this round so much because Sweden's forwards are absolutely terrible. And they they do actually create chances. Like they are good on the counter, even despite being like slow, bumbling fucks. But they are good on the counter, and they create chances, and they get shots in the box. They're just terrible, and always shoot it right at the goalie, and it's like the easiest save ever. So like Pickford actually has a good shot. I think at save points and a clean, which is tremendous. I mean, they've scored one good goal from open play all tournament was that Toivonen one. That was like once in an actual lifetime because he's terrible. <laughs> oh, my God, that goal versus Germany. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, my God. Was like, yeah, and then the other know, open play goal was against Switzerland. Yeah. And that yeah. was also the biggest deflection of life. Like, yeah. ridiculous thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, England, I think, just absolutely load up on England. Yeah, I think 5-5 five, five England is... I mean, unless you're just, like, the biggest pessimist of all time, Five England is fucking nailed on. I mean, I think if you see another game differently, then you should back your gut. It's almost more just by default based on the other ties, like, and we'll come to Russia-Croatia last, which is, I think, the most challenging because you... I mean, Russia's got a bunch of cheap players. Croatia's got affordable defenders... I'm. I just. I. I don't. I think Russia are being counted out too quickly. I, I'm surprised to see like Croatia's yeah, clean I sheet didn't, odds. I didn't know they were. I didn't know that's what the banter was. Yeah, I mean Croatia's clean sheet odds are 56. percent To put in perspective, next clean sheet odds are 46. percent I mean, to be fair, Croatia should have had a clean sheet in their life against Denmark. Like they had know, one but... weird long throw that got bumbled in and a howler by Subasic, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm, the first I'm, minute I'm pretty with you on that. To me, this is like an even matchup. Yeah, I think it's very even. I think it's going to be like middle third, just like even, interesting game. I'm looking forward to it a lot. It's definitely. I'm looking forward to this game, watching it more than the England game on day on day two. I think, but that's crazy. I just don't. don't I don't remember that. Okay, I don't know. I just feel like it's the most weird tie, and just like it's going to be like a fucking weird ass game, and I just want to see what's going on. Like England, I know it's going to happen. It's just going to, you know, it's going to be seventy percent like one way, like whatever. Are they going to score and like whatever? But I feel like the Russia Croatia game is total toss up. So I yeah, mean, I mean not- it's one of those things where I think people are falling in love with the names on the paper, not like taking in consideration how these teams have actually played, like. Yeah, of course, Croatia is just like so much more talent front to back, but they're not 
good. Like I've been saying this forever. They're like not that good. They struggle to generate any attack. Like starting, it's cool that Modric plays number ten for his country, and I love Mod, but like he's not a number ten <laughs> at all. And yeah, I don't know. Russia, Russia are pretty good. They're not like that bad. Croatia kind of reminds me of just like Switzerland on like a little steroid. It's like basically the same thing that Switzerland are trying to do, but they have like a, like their players are a little bit better. Yeah, and it's better like in they, every spot. Yeah, yeah, and and like they they do take control of games, but they don't have capability. They don't create much in open play. I mean, they're not scoring many goals this tournament, and some of the goals are a little bit ugly and scrappy. I I, I think and I pants. mean definitely yeah. Yes. I, I mean, I definitely think Croatia is better than Russia, don't get me wrong. But Russia have the Cinderella factor of home team playing at actual playing at home. And I mean, they've played so many different players. I have no idea what they're going to do. They've played different players and styles, I feel like, more than any other team that's left maybe in the tournament, all tournament. And, you know, they, they could put a spanner in and just play well and win. I, I like Russia. I mean, Russia's been really good. They've had really, really good performances. I mean, the performance against Spain was out of fucking control. It was just incredible. And I don't know. I, I like Russia. I, I like Russia more than I should. Maybe yeah, I just want to get this anyway. out there because just, I'm just looking it up on Twitter because I was curious. But aside from the Argentina game, and we know now with confidence that Argentina are fucked up terrible mess who don't have any tactics or manager and concede a lot of chances. So I'm just throwing that out. But so Croatia's XG so far in this tournament, they had 0.6 versus Nigeria. They had fucking uh, 1.3 versus Denmark, 0.9 versus Iceland. Those are their three other games other than Argentina. Like they don't create shit despite having a lot of talent. And I'm sure other than Russia's first game against Saudi Arabia, their XG is right in and around there, if not probably a little worse. But the fact that this way, is just Way like, worse, way worse. Yeah, okay. But, I mean, despite that, it, I think that Croatia being seen as just like they're going to steamroll Russia is just not – it doesn't make sense to me. So, I mean, I'm kind of thinking of stay away, but the midfielders on Russia for fantasy are, are affordable, unlike – basically midfielders from any other team, except for maybe on Uruguay. Um, so, like, you know, Cherishev, I imagine, will come back in. I mean, Golovin, I still love him. And if, they, guess... if they stay with five at the back, though, I think Cherishev is still out. You think so? That, you that's, think like, that... why he got dropped. It's yeah, you... the drastic change in formation. So, Do you think they're going to do the same thing? I think so. I mean, that's how they... I remember, like, listening to Garinov on um, Totally Football, and he... That's what they were doing all preseason. Like that's how they were set up is like Uber defensive, protecting the Savits by playing with two other center backs, and it fucking worked. And they beat Spain. I feel yeah. like they're they see themselves as like nobody believes in us underdog mode for the rest of the mm-hmm. tournament and they're probably just gonna stick with that. That's fair. I mean then I like Olivan. I yeah, think I love Olivan. Six six is pretty affordable. Um good pick. Dude, what and about then, Zuba? I know. I mean, Zuba. Actually, he, no. I'm. I'm not. I'm. Yeah, he's on pens at eight. He's. He's a big boy. There's no one else really in that price range at the striker position in the game. You know. I mean, you're obviously you're not getting a Sweden player, but everyone else is really expensive. So if you're, yeah, and I mean, if you're looking to 
go with if you're not like max capping this week and you know you're only going to have two caps like it could make sense to just throw Zuba in instead of like a 10 or an 11 million guy and spread the wealth around I don't hate that yeah I mean I'm tinkering like as we're speaking and I put him in and it feels pretty fucking good <laughs> Zuba yeah okay well that's 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 something we'll talk about no, we'll talk. I mean we're recording on Wednesday July 4th like fuck America, whatever. But we're not going to actually final, final, finalize our our lineup until we see the France Uruguay lineup on Friday. So, like yeah. in terms and of like lineup limbs and shit, it's going to be kind of no in limbs. the air. I don't know. Just Twitter like our fucking team. On yeah, yeah. I'll just like post our team on Twitter and Instagram or something. Yeah, I mean, so it, it feels bad because it looks like we're going to be heavy on France. Defense, but I mean, in terms of fitting in, the thing I'm struggling with most is fitting in like cheaper midfielders. Um, and it seems like Bettencourt at five is just an obvious automatic option. What do you think? Yeah, if we, I haven't like gone deep enough to know, like, do you, you feel that you need a really cheap midfielder to be able to afford the rest of the team that you like? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, if not, I mean, if of all of the cheap midfielders, and he's he's an attacker. He's an actual attacker. Yeah. Even though I, I don't know that game though. Like, would you? Is it worth having him for point six more than like Gazinski or some shit? Just because yeah, like he sort of attacks, even though we think we just said we think that game is just going to be Uruguay basically doing their impression of Sweden against France for ninety minutes. Yeah, I mean, maybe not, especially because Russia have somewhat of a chance of advancing. So you might get to, I guess Uruguay, they could still win. I don't. Yeah, know. Uruguay could. Win. I don't know why. Oh, fuck. I wish there were bones just so I could get get in the Lucas Torreira midget because he just gets <laughs> max bones no matter win or lose or pens or anything nailed on max bones. He had fucking. So many blocks and clearances. It was amazing to watch him. Nate's new favorite player, Arscast bound. Rock hard right now. Nathan, calm down, Nathan. No awkward pauses this pod. How's it, how's it going? Yeah, it's weird. That's <laughs> really weird. Um, so uh, let's, before we talk about our teams a little bit more specifically, our wildcard team, the um, Max Cap Chip, I've not, I don't think many people have played it. I'm sure some obviously have, but. Yeah, yeah, but of the, I mean, wild card, whatever, blah, 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 bench boost, everyone's user already. Max cap, this feels like a good max cap to me because you have two days, just like we will in the semis, but you have a squad of 15. I mean, we will because we have our wild card. So, I mean, that feels good. It is not, it's likely that we will have 11 for next, at least 11 for next game week, but I mean, we could get fucking owned if like England lose you know we, we could have a crisis and then we blow our max cap how many how many transfers sponsor. next round five mm, yeah England losing would be, <laughs> <laughs> be not good for anyone <laughs> but I mean I feel like max cap for us we should we should go here really yeah I just feel like we yes we get two choice two options but I don't know who's going to fucking score points anymore, and we haven't hit all the year, all game rather. And you know, I, I just feel like when there we have like extra games, we have extra players, we have extra shit. The, the only thing is, uh, from where I'm sitting, it's just like we have two incredibly good captains. Yeah, but we're going to say the same thing next week, probably, right? Like, I don't know. 
Are there games on different days in the semis? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they are Tuesday and Wednesday. Like the first game's not as good because it's going to probably be like Brazil France, but like but Kane will still feel really good. Yeah, like, but everyone's going to be in the same boat. I I don't know. I just feel like there's more of a chance that we hit some like ridiculous game because you know Sweden are still playing and shit. Like I don't know. I don't know, dude. You don't want to use it. I fucking basically. I have no idea when the best time is to use it. My gut uh, is saying don't use it on a week when you have Neymar in a good fixture and Kane in a good fixture. Basically, whatever you think doesn't matter because I'm just going to push the button. Anyway. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to just fuck check cards and be like, "What the fuck, dude? What the fuck?" And then it's going to captain fucking Pickford who saves two two Grandquist pens and flies. Um, I mean, I I did hit the bench boost and we flew on that. Yeah, we got the Uzoho clean. It's literally the best we could have done so far as our team's been performing was that week. Uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Okay, we'll we'll talk more about that. But I think it's defensible. I think I mean this week or next week. Uh, finals. I think is just it's like, fine anytime. Anytime's fine. Just yeah. anytime. I think it's better later, but I think it's fine anytime. It's fine anytime, he says. Yeah. I mean, either way, the weird thing with max cap is like either way, you're still only choosing from a pool of eleven, kind of, right? Well, I mean, you still get to make your subs like normal. So if you hit sub one of your normal, but hit maybe hit a rando sub cap, basically. Yeah, I mean, like say we have six guys going day one. We have two blanks, one top score. Like we sub the two out for two on the bench, you know, like that kind of thing. So you're you you are playing really with fifteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that I mean that's my my main thinking is that if we don't use it now there is a chance that we get fucked and we don't have a lot of players next game week and then it's just wasted. Damn. Yeah, you might be right. Hmm. Yeah, we'll have to yeah. think more about that. Okay. Game um, theory, game theory, one on one here. Yeah, yeah. I mean Why in general, always- I mean Eggy Eggy Bread, aka Hobo Egg on Slack said. Do we hold on to lower scoring captains, aka like single returns, with less game days now? I mean, definitely yes, right? I don't think I would stick on one return with like Kane on day two. No, I would not do that. Really? Yeah, I just it's like four points. Eh, like, come on. Yeah, it's not fun to stick if it's one no, return. It, I guess. Yeah, I, I can't. It's, I mean, Kane scored every game, so you know. I don't know. I, I would. Just, I would roll. To Kane. What is Kane up to? He's just mouth breathing. He's he's the kind of guy that just gets seven pens in the tournament and wins golden boot with eight goals. Like that's a Harry Kane action. And he already will probably win golden boot if they don't play any more games. Is that a, I have not been keeping track of that. Is that a fact? He's two ahead of Rom, who's the next closest, who's still in it. What does Neymar have? Neymar is two. Oh god. Yeah. Eh, whatever. Harold. Harold in. I mean Zuba has three. Don't sleep on that. Yep. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean seriously though. There's a, it's Harry on six, Rom on four, a bunch of like whatever guys like Cherishev and Zuba on three. Yeah. I don't know. He's probably has it locked in already. I wonder what the betting odds. He's probably like minus one thousand to win it. <laughs> little little hyperbolic there, but no, I uh, actually like. They have fucking Sweden, and then the winner of Russian Croatia. He's already in a yeah. He's like guaranteed three more games. Basically, yeah, Rom is playing Brazil. Like that's all right, Harold. 
Why the fuck would FPL release Granite Shaka's price? Who the actual fuck gives a shit about his price? Did they just do that? Yeah, 5-5. Five, five. Like, get the fuck out of my face. No one cares. What? <sighs> okay, How so... How do they go... I don't know, dude, what they Kuhn, do. Firmino, Rom, Hazard, Shaka. Why well, is last, it not Aubameyang? Last, yeah, because they hate us. Last year, they released the price of one player from every team before the game came live. So I like we'll that. Know. But why yeah, the I fuck like that, is it Granite Shaka? No, I, I, take, I don't know. That's why... I, Opened up with my distaste for it. Interesting, interesting live pod moment as the tweets trickle in from official FPL. Um, one last question, Aaron, aka D Silva's jockstrap on Slack. Like the round of sixteen, I think it's likely we won't see too many clean sheets in the quarterfinals. Should we be looking at the lowest cost entry point for defenders, or should we be looking at attacking defenders, knowing this will mean less money to throw around in midfield? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's very situational. I definitely would not, in general, stump for attacking intent with such a limited amount of games for your return. Like, really just pay for the clean sheets. But, like, you know, Trippier, Trippier looks really good. Like, if you could afford him, I think that's good, 5-6 and things like that. But in general, you know, cheapest route feels good. Yeah, like, I don't know, like paying 5-7 for Gonin or Jimenez. If you feel the need to have a Uruguay defender, I'd rather just go... Whoever's on the team sheet and the yeah, cheapest. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's just they're unfavored in a tough matchup. Just go for the cheap guy. Yeah. Um so let's look at our team. I mean we we've kind of been talking about it as we go about I mean, are we both in full agreement that the best captains are Neymar and then Kane? Yeah. No question. I don't think there's even a remote question on that, right? No, there is absolutely no question about it. So what about for people who are not on wildcard and have like less options or say they can't like afford to get to Neymar or something like would you cap like someone like Phil over a Belgian attacker like who would you cap Phil or Hazard if those are the only guys I would, I would captain Hazard yeah me too especially with I mean, how bad Phil was last game he was bad last game but it's also he's on zero set pieces so I mean that's a real thing for him that's something we were thinking of going ahead like going into the tournament like he's going to be on direct freeze like that's a chance of a goal every game and he's taken zero. So, and he doesn't really take corners either. Yeah, I don't think he does at all. I mean, William and Neymar take them. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. So, um, Hazard has pens. I mean, I think he has more upside than Phil. I, I mean, granted, I haven't even considered removing Phil from the team, but captain-wise there, yeah. I, I think if you're not on wild card, you need to really prioritize England just because if you're not on wild card and you're scraping the barrel just to put players in your team who are playing – you need to go with the most sure thing that you that will advance to the next round because you're going to be facing the same problem. Like it's going to be a snowball effect where you're going to be scrambling with your next five to you know put players in who play. So like if you're taking players from Brazil or or if you're taking like Belgian players or players on Uruguay because you can afford them, you're running the real risk of just spinning your wheels and you might not even have eleven without hits and without. I mean, we see how low scoring the game is in general. Taking a minus four with no bonus points is just a guaranteed rank drop. So. That's what I would probably be looking at. Right. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I mean, you have to just back the team. And we think it's England. You can think whatever you want it to be. But back the team that you think will go furthest in the tournament. And just you just got to go there. And hopefully you hit it. And then you can kind of catch up with your transfers and not get too many guys knocked out and and have 11. Yeah. It's just you're playing so far behind. 
that yeah, wild card. Yeah. It feels good to have wild card right now. Yeah. So, I mean, we were talking to a full house of France and England defenders. Um, what What's the rest of your tinker looking like right now? I mean, this is just, this is like no thought at all, just tinkering as we're literally speaking. Uh, we're just a couple guys talking. We're just a couple guys talking. But what I have right now is Kane, Neymar, Zuba, mm. Phil, Kev, Fellaini, Bentoncourt, Golovin, Pavard, Maguire. Yeah, whatever the defense. It's fucking don't don't care. Don't yeah, don't care about the event. So I had um, my difference was I had Hazard in instead of Zuba. Yeah. But then it then it, it, the the midfield had Gazinski as the fifth midfield and Bettenker. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. But then it's still Kevin, Phil, and Golovin. But, I mean, it sounds like we're basically, we figured it out already. So, so we just like need one to, or two guys difference. So I think, like, Hazard and Gazinski, like, we need to talk about that. Like, if we want Zuba and so, so like the thing why I'm thinking about Hazard is if we do do max cap, like, that feels good, just in case. Yeah, that's true. But who knows with Zuba, too? That's, that's I fair. I mean, Hazard's but, obviously better, but, like, Zuba versus Croatia, like, a pan or something, or couple pens or whatever like <laughs> i mean i don't know dude croatia are tight tight as fuck tight um yeah i don't know it's hard all right well we'll work around that but i think having de bruyne in is pretty fun that, that, that sounds fun. really fun to me and he's yeah let's let me, let's go with that what do you think his ownership is i'm gonna look at it right now it's probably like one that's oh, 14 that's out of control i had no Whoa, idea. he's the highest uh, yeah that's, that stuns me it's just brits that are like oh he's like on man city right that's annoying. Yeah, that's actually probably why people that are just the English representation and thinking that he's just the same. But anyway, one assist and no goals and like barely even a shot. I mean, fourteen is he's basically the same ownership as Hazard, which I can not actually get my head around. But we'll talk. We'll talk about it. Yeah, I mean, maybe it'll change in the next two days. Also, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, I think that's basically it, though. Yeah, dude. I mean, dude, I, when's FPL going to open? What the yeah. Hell? yeah, yeah, we're approaching. Bob at 9.5. That's a pretty good price, I think. Yeah, that's, a, that's what I was expecting, but... Really? Oh, I thought how, it'd be higher. How are you going to afford Bob? Well, it's going to be interesting. I think Mane's price is going to be the most interesting of the midfield attacking three. Because we know Mo is going to be probably highest oh. midfielder in the game. 12 or 12.5. Yeah, is what 12 I'm or 12.5. And then we already know Firmino's 9.5. Mane could honestly be anywhere between 9 and 10. No, it would make sense to me that they put him at 9.5, same as Bob. But, but if he's, he's nine, scored a lot less points than Bob last year. Yeah, he, if he's 9, he's there's nine, no questions. Yeah. But either way, he's going to be like 3 million less than Mo, around 3 million less. That's going to be a tough one to call. Yeah, you just can't. Not going to be able to fit everyone. I don't. We're going to have to, you know. To, but like with Firmino, I, Aubameyang seems like he's going to just be. Yeah, oh he's, by, exciting. he's exciting, and he's probably ten five max. You know, so you think so? Even with how he ended yeah. the season? Yeah, I mean they can't stick him at eleven. That's out of control. Put him in the same as Kuhn and Lukaku. He's played like he had like eight eight good games. You know? Yeah, you can't do that. But yeah, Oba's going to be very hard to not. To not have in the team, although I haven't really looked at like schedule or anything. No, yeah, I think Arsenal had a couple tough games. I was talking about it with uh, best friend Dave Cullen, second best friend, second best friend <laughs> Dio. But 
the when they also everyone was reminding me about my uh, including Kevin and Erickson in my team automatically from game week one. And then I immediately learning got, the lessons from yeah. last season. You mean actually applying the lesson, like learning from them and not just saying what the lessons were, which is what I normally do. Well, yeah, I mean, that's just not going to happen. People have unrealistic <laughs> expectations. I think they are supposed to learn from them. We're supposed to do whatever the fuck we want. Q, like I have Otsal and he's just like injured with an illness game week one. Yeah. Arsenal's first two matches are home city and at Chelsea. Yeah, is that good? Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> All right, let's wrap. Check us out at FMLPL.com. Follow on Twitter at FMLPL and cheers. Cheers, guys.